This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. John Justinski, Sports Radio 944 here on this Friday evening. We're closing on the end of hour three. It's JJ After Dark, John Jastrzemski right here on The Fan. It's a football Friday. So that means we welcome in my main man, Jared Smith over at Sports Grid. Morning after. It's going to help us break down this card in the NFL for week number 10. Trying to recover after what was a very rough week nine for you. It's truly Smitty, my boy. How you doing? JJ, uh, if Bernard Longer at age 63 can make the cut at the Masters, I'm still not sold that you can't make a run at the 2026 U.S. Open at Shinnecock, man. Hold out hope. The golf game can get better. If Longer can do it, anybody can. Listen, I hope it can get better. I need a lot of work. Uh, We'll see how it goes tomorrow. Um, Actually, before we do any of the NFL stuff, Jared, halfway home at the Masters, Mm. I picked Justin Thomas to win this tournament. He's played great, but that leaderboard is loaded. It is stacked. Dustin Johnson is there. The amateur is there. Uh, Tiger and Phil is still lurking. What's your general takeaway halfway home at the Masters? Yeah, needle in a haystack to pick a winner uh, over the next 36 holes. There's still a little bit more. They have a little bit more of round two to get to tomorrow morning. But for the most part, everyone uh, is 36 in. And it, it's obviously going to be one of those big guns that's going to take it, J.J. I mean, I'd be shocked if it's not a Dustin Johnson or, you know, a John Romer or a, a J.T., one of these young guns uh, that is certainly coming on strong during this restart. I would be surprised if a Tiger or a Phil or a Bernard Longer can, can keep this going because we're going to see the conditions get a lot tougher throughout the weekend. The rain has certainly helped. Uh, it's weird. You're watching it, and you're seeing these approach shots to the green, and, and you're waiting for that bounce that we saw a lot at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. Well, it's just sticking into the ground. So the, the greens are soft as pillows, and you know, you're seeing a lot of these guys that you know, are a little, I don't want to say over the hill, but certainly on the back nines of their careers are, are able to stick it close. That's not going to be the case this weekend. They're going to put these pins in the corners, and they're going to make these guys work. The cream will rise to the top. I think you're in a good spot with JT. I wouldn't throw Rom out of the mix. He's been playing really well, and of course that hole-in-one earlier this week. So certainly uh, got Lady Luck on his side this week for sure. You ain't kidding. Now, as we start to make the move to Week 10 – I do want to go back for a minute now, Jared, and look back at week nine. What was your big takeaway looking at that overall card of games? Is there one particular outcome that stood out? Uh, I mean, I think the underdogs continue to cash at a a pretty alarming rate. I I, I was impressed with the uh, Ravens. 
I, I thought they were going to kind of get knocked around a little bit physically, and, and they went into Indy and put on a really good performance. Uh, the Steelers surprised me a little bit. Maybe they're looking ahead to some really tough games over the next couple of weeks. That game against the Cowboys was a lot closer. And, J.J., how can I not mention your Dolphins going on the road and beating Arizona, cashing another best bet for us here on the show? So that was a really positive result. And then what happened Sunday night was, was really one of the more surprising results, I think, of the season uh, with what New Orleans did to Tampa Bay. Now, that was New Orleans' probably best game of the season. I think they played their two best games of the year against Tampa Bay, and I think that was the Bucks' worst game of the year. Funny how those things have a, have a, have a quirky way of, of, of working themselves out a little later in the season. So if you want to back New Orleans and, t- and fade Tampa Bay based on what you saw on Sunday night, maybe not so fast. Okay, let's get to that. New Orleans right now is the talk of the NFL. That was as dominant as it gets mm. against Tampa. San Fran couldn't have looked worse against the Green Bay Packers. I look at this line right now, Jared. It's only at nine and a half. To me, that line is too low. And knowing what I know about Kyle Shanahan and the way he can get a team ready and prepare them, am I crazy to find value in the Niners getting the points this week? No, I mean, San Francisco still has pretty decent metrics. I mean, obviously, the, the, a lot of the players that were producing some of those metrics are, are not playing anymore, and Jimmy G and, and George Kill and those guys. So you certainly have to take that into account when you, you know, analyze this Niners roster from top to bottom. The numbers for the Saints are, are getting to be pretty dominant, J.J. You know, they're one of two teams in the NFL, and I take this category very seriously. In fact, I keep this list, a running list, on my notes throughout the week, and I update it. They are one of two teams in the NFL top 10 in both offense and defense DVOA. So we talk about defensive efficiency. There's an offensive efficiency category as well. The Saints are just one of two teams in the top 10 of both. So they are as perfectly balanced as they get. The other team, by the way, is the L.A. Rams, which I'm sure we're going to get to in just a little bit. But the Niners still have pretty decent numbers, and I think they're getting a little healthier. Sherman, I think, is coming back this week. We're hearing good things about Mostert. So we'll see if they get some of their better players back and this is, you're, you're right, in terms of the look-ahead line, this is as buying the, the peak of New Orleans as you can get. I mean, they cannot play any better than they played last week. This look-ahead line preseason was Saints plus six and a half. So it's flipped over two touchdowns. Now a lot's happened since then for San Francisco, but the value obviously is all in the Niners. I, I think I'm a little bit weary still of the quarterback situation for San Francisco, but besides that, you're right. If I'm going to play this game, it's San Francisco or pass. Explain this one to me, Jared. The Chargers and the Dolphins. We know how good the Dolphins have been to us both. Yet, a 5-3 and three team, red hot that's won four straight, is right now only a one-and-a-half point favorite against a 2-6 and six Charger team. What in the world is up with that line? Yeah, I don't know. And, and they're begging you to bet the Dolphins. And, and a lot of people have been winning a lot of money betting the Dolphins. They're 6-2 and two against the spread. And not only that, JJ, they're covering the number by over 11 points per game. Not just winning the game covering the spread by double digits. That is very impressive. Obviously, Vegas, the books, uh, they've been very incorrect on Miami this season. Uh, the Chargers have not been good winning football games, two and six straight up, but they're five and three against the spread. So they also are covering the number at a pretty decent rate. Tough to back aside here. I, I, I think the books are telling you we want that Miami action, which, has it, which for, you know, is the natural contrarian. I'm hesitant to put my money there. I, I think the total might, might be just right here. Uh, I think the, the books have been wrong on, on the totals with the Chargers games. Uh, L.A. has covered five in a row to the over by an average margin of over 14 points. So weather could be a factor. I know there's some tropical storm stuff going down there in Florida this week. My mom's down there in Boca. So uh, 
take a, take a you know, quick look at the weather as we get closer to Sunday. It's a 4 o'clock game. But I, I think the total could be, could be just right because, obviously, we've seen it from Tua. Herbert's been fantastic, too, J.J. I mean, these two quarterbacks talk about, you know, pushing the narrative of a quarterback league right now, the young quarterbacks. I mean, these two kids are rookies, and I think they're going to be doing it in the league for a very long time, both at a very high level. Herbert, most passing yards by a rookie uh, in his first seven career games ever over 300 per game, and, and, and two of last week, eight of 11 on 10-plus on uh, throws, yards down the field. So I think Tua can get it done. Herbert can get it done. I think the over might be ripe here. Okay, let's get to the local action. The Eagles, a four-point favorite against the New York Giants. Jared, I know you're a well-researched kind of guy. I don't need to give <laughs> you the trends with the Eagles and the Giants. It's been as one-sided as it gets. 21 out of the last 25, wow. the Eagles. Dominant as it gets. But the Giants have been a good underdog this year. The Giants have been a spunky team so far this year. Um, Are you playing this game? you have a strong feel on this game? You know, a lot of my football instincts tell me, take the Giants. Then I look Mm. at those numbers and I'm like, all right, numbnuts. Don't be dumb enough to pick (laughs) against the Eagles with the way they've owned the Giants. So where do you feel on this game? It's definitely pulling you in two different directions. The numbers definitely say Giants have been the, 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 the dog du jour in this series. And home underdogs in the division have been a really good trend this season, 12-2 and two against the spread. So that is certainly pointing you in one direction. But not every home underdog is the same. Just because you're a home underdog doesn't mean that it's a good bet matchup-wise. So you look at Philly, they're getting a lot healthier. And, you know, along the offensive line, and Miles Sanders, I think, really is the difference. So you bring back all of these offensive linemen healthy, and you bring back Miles Sanders. I'm hearing Alshon Jeffrey's going to play in this game as well. Uh, we've got the second coming of Jeremy Macklin with Jalen Rieger. I think he has been an impact in his short time in Philly. And Carson Wentz can't play much worse than he has over the last few weeks of the season. So I, I think everything is trending in a positive direction for Philly. Now, if the Giants do win this game, they put themselves right back into the NFC East race, which is a conversation that's totally different. I think the spread is just right. Philly should be laying about three, four points on the road. That's where it's kind of been settling I think this is a good pass game if I had to play it I actually would lean Philly because I think they're getting healthy and the book's not taking into account the fact that they're getting all their pieces back in the right place okay Jared let's get to one of the games of the week Seattle and the Rams they're both coming off of terrible performances Seattle giving up a ton of points and a ton of yards up in Buffalo that's the worst game I think I've ever seen Russell Wilson play and then you have the LA Rams that had a week to sit on that nightmare of a game they played against the Miami Dolphins. Now, I hate Fane Russell Wilson. I've admitted this on multiple occasions. But when it comes to this matchup, the Rams in their defensive front, the Rams with extra time to prepare, the Rams smoked Seattle when they played last year in a primetime spot. I think a lot of the signs in this game are pointing towards the home team I'm curious if you feel the same way. Everything in this game is, is, is pointing me in L.A.'s direction. And, and the action, the handle is even more so because we're seeing it all come in on Seattle. Because the book C or the you know, Johnny Public and you know, the average better out there, which it, I'll, I'll, it's, it's hard not to ignore it when you see Russell Wilson with a plus sign in front of their number. Very hard to ignore that. I totally understand. But then you have to look underneath. Russell Wilson and see exactly what the Seahawks have going underneath the hood. And it's not good. And then you look at what the Rams have. They're the best team in the league in net yards per play. And we talked about that other balanced statistic that I love, that metric top 10 in both offense and defensive efficiency. The Rams are one of two teams other than the Saints to be in that category. So the Rams do a little bit of everything well. 
And there is absolutely a narrative coming off of the bye and, and seeping through that Dolphins loss last week, which probably was one of the worst games of the season that I've seen L.A. play. And then you really start to look at Seattle's defense, J.J., and it's really bad. They're going to be without both starting corners this Sunday. Not only that, they've allowed the most yards in the NFL this season to slot receivers, and Cooper Cup, I think, is one of the best, if not the best, slot receiver in the league. Expect him to have a big game. I could see Jared Goff having a big game. This game screams Rams, and it screams kind of low scoring, too, because I could see L.A.'s defense really clamping down and coming out motivated. Now, I don't know if Seattle's going to be able to hold L.A.'s defense down that much, but the total's in the mid-50s, so we'll, 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 we'll see where it goes there. But the Rams are an absolute play for me this week. All right, Smitty. Sunday Night Football, Ravens and Patriots. I think there are going to be a whole lot of people watching New England from what they saw on Monday night against the Jets and say, wow, how in the world could I take them here in this spot? I'm a little leery of that road favorite in a primetime Sunday night game. I don't see the Ravens losing this one, but I got no feel for the number. Curious your take on the game. Yeah, decent teaser spot. I think I agree that this feels like a smash-mouth kind of game. I think the Patriots are going to try to uh, draw up a scheme, kind of like they did against Patrick Mahomes in that, in that Tuesday night game, uh, where they tried to you know, scheme Mahomes out of it a little bit. And I think they've got a chance to do that uh, in, in this game with Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar needs to play better. And, and that, to me, is the difference not only in this game, but in, in the entire Ravens season. They were very fortunate last week against Indy. That was a very close game. It was 10-7 Colts, mid-third quarter. Phillip Rivers threw a a pass that was a bad pass, but it looked like it was dropped. It got overturned as an interception. Bang, bang, play. And the Ravens just ran it from there, literally just smashed it right down the Colts' throat, and, and, and that was the end of the game. That game was on the knife's edge of being a Ravens loss. And if that would have been a Ravens loss, it would have been two in a row. That The Ravens bounced back nicely, played a good second half against the Colts, finished that game. They can get their season back on track this week if they can emphatically beat New England. I think the matchup favors them. I think the Patriots' defense is going to struggle to stop this smash-mouth football team. But Belichick always has something. We've seen this game come off of seven, from seven to six and a half. That concerns me a bit, considering over 90% of the action is on Baltimore. I agree that we should be hesitant to just blindly back Baltimore. They're the better side. They should win this game. I think it's a good teaser spot if you're going to play it. Okay, Smitty, now it's time, amigo. Best bets... Week 10, I need to bounce back. You were with me on Tampa last week. That's one we'd like to take back, oh, but you yeah. nailed Miami. Hey, give you credit. You were all over Miami plus the points, and I think you might have even sprinkled a few on the money line, if I'm not mistaken. Did you not? Of course. I did a money line sprinkle, and it, that was another good teaser spot, uh, getting that through uh, seven and getting it up to 10. So that was a good one. But again, we're only as good as our last pick, JJ. So we're going to put that in the rearview mirror. I love the I tell you, we just had this cap. I love the Rams this week. I think this is the spot. Everyone's going to be on Seattle this week, and I think the books are going to be a little bit exposed. You might even get this one closer to a pick by game time if, if we still get 80% of the action as we're seeing on Seattle. And I gave you that trend. The starting corners for Seattle, both of them are out, Shaq Griffin and Quinton Dunbar. It's going to be Trey Flowers, DJ Reed, and Ryan Neal against that spread-it-out Rams offense that's had an extra week to prepare. This is a tough divisional matchup. The Rams are going to be fired up after that loss against Miami last week. They played terrible in that game. They won't play that bad on special teams and on defense. I think they get a big win. They bounce back. They need this game more than Seattle. And all of a sudden, we got a battle in the NFC West, JJ. You got Arizona, LA, and maybe Seattle all 6-3 and three after this weekend. Could be a fun uh, finish there out West. No question. Um, you like the Rams. What else you like? 
I think the Cardinals are a good play against the Bills. I, I was looking at those numbers, and I, I was surprised by that line. I, I think based on what we saw last week with Buffalo. That line is too low, Smitty. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I think the books are off on that line. That line should be three and a half, four as far as I'm concerned. I totally agree. And when you look at the defense for Arizona, when you come off of a game like Josh Allen did where he faced no resistance against Seattle, and then you go on the road, you pack up your unit, and you try to beat a defense that – is playing with a little bit of spunk. They're the third best red zone defense in the NFL. They're not going to let Josh Allen just blow through like Seattle did last week. And I could see there being a bit of a reversal 180. This is one of those spots where you look at that line, you're like, wait a minute, Buffalo just dropped 44 on Seattle. Why are they underdogs against Arizona who just lost to Miami? It's a head-scratcher line. When you get one of those, you always go contrarian. Cardinals are, I think, a good spot. And if you want to a good teaser we mentioned Baltimore and I think the Bucks are ripe for a bounce back I, I it's kind of been volatile with them we had them a couple weeks ago here against Vegas and we had a nice win there and then obviously last week against New Orleans they fell totally flat I, I think Carolina's defense is not going to present the same challenges that the Saints defense did and I think the Bucks bounce back you're never as bad as you look on your worst week JJ never as good as you look on your best I think the Bucks are somewhere in between, and I think getting them through three and getting them down to basically a pick them in a teaser spot's pretty good. You pair that with Baltimore, you got a, basically a money line parlay there with the Ravens and the Bucks. Jared Smith, check him out. Sports Grid, morning after. Superstar joins us each and every football Friday right here on The Fan. Smitty, let's get it, brother. Let's have a winning week. We will chat next week, right, amigo? Good luck, JJ. Let's get it. There you have it. Good stuff there from our main man, Jared Smith. We'll run around the league, get you ready for week 10. Jason Katz coming up with fantasy. All locks. A lot more of your calls at 877-337-6666. Update time. It's Pete McCarthy. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.